Here, turn your Bibles today to Psalm uh, chapter 25. We started a new series last week entitled uh, uh, Covenants. And uh, we've been looking at this thought of covenant starting last week. And in looking at this thought of covenants, uh, we understand this, that the term covenant is a key to understanding Scripture. Uh, we, if, you, if you've read your Bible lately, you know that you have the Old Testament, the New Testament. It's actually the Old Covenant, the New Covenant. Last year we talked a little, or last week we talked about, a little bit about how uh, covenants is the way that God relates to man. It's the way that he talks to his people. And so we started this whole thought out talking about covenants. Right here in Psalm 25, 14, it says this, The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him. And he makes known to them his covenant. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear, fear him. And he makes known to them his covenant. Last week I mentioned this uh, just briefly that a lot of people want to be friends with the Lord. But a lot of people don't want to fear the Lord. Okay? But the two go hand in hand. Now when we talk about fear, we're not talking about I'm scared of, I'm afraid of. Uh, we know this, that God is a loving God. He's a gracious God. He's a God who comes to us. He's a God who actually pursues us. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today. He's the one that pursues us. And so the fear of the Lord that we're talking about is not a fear like we're scared of him. It's more of a, a holding him in awe and in reverence. Like, wow, he is amazing. He really is as good as he says he is. That's the type of fear we're talking about. But a lot of people want to be friends with God, but yet they don't want to worship God in such a way that, that shows their awe and their reverence for him. But if we do those things, it says this, he makes known to them his covenant, those that fear him. He's a friend with them, and those people he makes his covenant known to them. Uh, it's one of the great keys to understanding our, uh, our relationship with God and the relationship God wants with us. Uh, we also begin to parallel a little bit of that uh, with marriage. Marriage being the greatest example we have of what a covenant is supposed to uh, be. Now, obviously, as you look at marriage today, uh, you might look around and you might you know, think of prenuptials. You might think of divorce. You might think of a second divorce. A lot of those things are taking place, and those are distorting what covenant is supposed to be and what covenant is supposed to look like. But we see throughout out Scripture um, that God actually takes the picture of a marriage and relates that to the way he wants to relate with us. And so he is the groom, we are the bride, okay? And uh, as the two come together, it makes something absolutely beautiful. And so we'll be talking a little bit about marriage uh, and that covenantal aspect over the next several weeks as well. Uh, turn your Bibles to John 3.16. I'm sure you might uh, know this one. If you've watched a football game lately, you probably saw it on a sign. John 3.16, and it says this, For God so loved the... Yeah, even if you've never been to church before, you probably know this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. What did he do? He came after the world. He came after us. He pursued us. Now turn, if you want to, to Revelations 3. It's the last book of the Bible. Revelations 3. I'm just going to read this one verse out of here because God is still pursuing us through his son Jesus. And this is Jesus speaking. And it says this in Revelation 3. Verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Love this verse. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Uh, the phrase eat with him and he with me is actually a, a covenantal picture. 
Uh, we began to do a little bit of study last week on covenants, but one of the things that would happen uh, back in the day when a covenant was established with another person, we are specifically talking about the covenant that God established with us, uh, but people actually established covenants with one another back in the day. And when they did that, when they established a covenant with one another, one of the things they would do is they would have a feast. And they would actually come over to one of the, uh, the, the, the party's homes and they would sit down and they would have a meal together and they would break bread together. And that meal that they shared with one another was actually the sealing of a covenant. It actually meant that we are now a friend with one another. We are now in this covenantal agreement with one another. So when he says in Revelations 3.20, he's actually using covenantal terms when he says, hey, if anyone opens the door, I'll come in and eat with them and he with me. What he's saying is this. He's saying, I want to establish my covenant love, my covenant relationship with you, and you'll know when you open the door if I come in and sit down and eat with you that that thing is established. It's a covenantal term, okay? Now, this is cool when you think about pursuing today, okay? When we talk about relationships today, here's the thing. The Bible says in Genesis that for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and will cleave to his wife. You guys all heard that scripture before? Okay. The man is the one that's to pursue the woman, right? The man, come on. I got one amen right in the front. Come on. Pursue me. Pursue me. She's looking at her husband. Amen. Take me on a date, honey. Come on, somebody. Okay. That is the way it is. Now, now how did that happen? I mean, was that just something that popped up in, you know, in humanity? Like, hey, I think things should be established this way. I think the guy should pursue the girl. And that's, no, this is actually Bible. Okay. This is actually the way God intended it to be. God intended for the man to leave his mom and dad. Come on, man. Okay? Don't be a mama's boy all your life. Okay? You're to leave your mom and dad. Give them a kiss goodbye. Do all that. All right? But then you're to go after, come on, somebody, your wife. Are you with me? Okay? Now, in this whole process, we know as dating, okay, in this whole dating process, you know the relationship is getting serious when he no longer just takes you to a movie, but he takes you out to get you something to eat. Come on, somebody. Right? Okay? And I'll just be honest with you, and I tell people this when they, when they ask, you know, hey, I'm thinking about going on a first date with so-and-so. You know, I was thinking about taking them to a movie. I said, that's a dumb idea. Okay? Because you don't get to know, but, know anybody when you're watching a movie, right? I said, but if you're really serious about this person, take them to get something to eat. Come on, because when you're breaking that meal together, a covenant is happening. Right? So ladies, take notes. If somebody takes you out to get something to eat, they're serious about you. If they take you out to a movie, they, they don't really care about you. All right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. But the man is to pursue the woman. The, the Bible even says in the New Testament, just like that Christ was, okay, guys, that's the way you're supposed to be. Ephesians 5, okay? It uses Christ as the picture, the model. Guys, this is who you're supposed to be. Well, when I read my Bible, the Bible says this, that Christ came, okay? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus came to pursue. Matter of fact, in Luke it says this. In Luke it says that, that, that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost, okay? Jesus is the one that pursues the church. Jesus is the one that pursues humanity. This is the way God established it. Guys, you're the one that's supposed to go after the woman, all right? Now, ladies, you can do some things to put yourself out there too, all right? Don't get me wrong, all right? But man, the guy is the one that's supposed to pursue. I remember when I first started dating my wife, listen to me. I did not get the beautiful wife I have today just based on my good looks, okay? I actually pursued her, okay? And I had to pursue her a lot because I married up, okay? Anybody that's married, say amen to that. You married up? Anybody else? Okay, I got one guy out there. Say, yeah, I did. 
Obviously, you know, is your wife sitting next? Okay, Joseph, all right, I saw your hand, all right. First he looked at his wife, yeah, yeah, I'm married up, I'm married up, okay. okay. I'm married up, and listen to me, it didn't just happen, okay. I actually had to pursue her, and I went after her. And here's the thing, and, and some of you know our testimony, she wasn't actually even a Christian, or she wasn't saved when, uh, when, I, when I first had a liking for her, okay, all right. She wasn't even a Christian. And I remember my parents, you know, telling me, like, Ben, she's not a Christian, you know, be careful. And I was like, she will be by the end of the week. Come on, somebody. All right? I was, you know, I was, I, she was good looking, all right? And uh, my pastor used to joke around me. He used to say, I guess there was no good looking ones in the church. God had to save one for you. Come on, somebody. So if you're looking around the church right now and you're like, I don't see one. I'm going to have to go check out a different church next week, okay? It's all right. They don't have to be saved yet. Just find the one you want. Let God work on their heart. We got quiet. Really? Does he mean that? <laughs> hey, it worked for me, all right? Um, that wasn't obviously my intention. We started hanging out, and I thought, wow, man, this, this, she's amazing, you know? And I had to pursue her, okay? I was, yes, I was buying her flowers. Yes, I was, I was you know, buying her gifts. I was doing this, and I even cooked her dinner one time. You got it? One time. <laughs> that was the night I won her over. Come on, somebody. I haven't cooked for her since. 14 and a half years of marriage. No, just kidding. But I remember, I, I remember I was, I, and I cooked, I asked my mom for the balmy recipe because I knew she wanted to eat a little healthier and so I had to have veggies. Now, I don't eat veggies, all right? I'm a meditarian, okay? I, I'm not, I don't do a whole lot of vegetables, but she wanted something healthy and so I got, I got the recipe from my mom and I remember, hey, babe, I'm going to come over and I'm going to make you a meal. This one started getting serious. Come on, somebody, all right? And I cooked that thing. I think that was the night I won her over. It's awesome, okay? I had to pursue her. It was, it was up to me. Jesus pursues us. God pursues his people in a covenantal relationship. Listen to me. God is the one that pursues you and I. Let me ask this question. Have you ever lost anything before? Okay, some money. Okay, I don't know. A car. Got reparked it. I don't know. You've lost something important to you, your mind. I don't know. You lost something, right? And, 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 what, and if it's something of value to you, what do you do? You look for it. And the crazy thing is, is when you are looking for something that has value to you, you look in, in places it probably would never be, right? I mean, you know, you look, you look for the keys to your car, you know, and you're looking in your pillowcase. You know, it's got to be around here somewhere. Crazy things are happening. You're just looking because it's, it's valuable to you. You want to find this thing. Um, I've lost some things of value, but as I was thinking about this morning, I actually thought of some people that have lost some things of value that I was involved uh, helping find their items. When I was a youth pastor, we would take a bunch of young people to youth camp. Anybody remember youth camp back in the day? Okay. We would take a bunch of people to youth camp, and it was so much fun. But here's the thing. You know, I'm, I'm 25 years old. My wife's 24, and they have just entrusted like 30, you know, 14, 15, and 16-year-olds to us. We don't even have our own kids yet, and they're entrusting their kids to us. That is a scary thing. Okay. And so they just said, yeah, and so we, we took them to a, a youth camp, and it was in a separate state. It was actually two states away. I mean, we're, we're traveling, man. They trusted. And so I'm feeling the pressure of these 30 kids, and I'm thinking, man, I've got to make sure everything goes well. You know, I don't, want to, I don't want a kid to die, you know, while we're up here. That just wouldn't go well, right? It's my first year of youth ministry. I don't want to forget somebody as we're flying back, you know? And so all this pressure's on. I remember about three days into the camp, uh, a young lady, probably 14 years old, she came up to me. She's like, she got tears in her eyes. She's like, Pastor Ben. Pastor Ben, I'm like, what? I thought somebody died or so. She's like, my parents are going to kill me. I'm like, why? She's like, I just got my retainers. They're, they were expensive. Um, and, and my parents spent a lot of money on them, and, and I can't find my retainer. 
I don't know nothing about retainers. I got crooked teeth. Look at that. They're jacked up, right? I didn't, I didn't have braces growing up. I knew nothing about retainers. I'm like, okay, well, where, where's the last time you saw it? Well, I wadded it up in a napkin, and I put it over by the peanut butter and jelly station. Oh, okay. Now, how many of you guys remember camp food? Okay. Camp food, runny eggs. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? And so I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, let's go back. Did you go over there and look? Yes. Okay, did you look in the garbage can next to it? No. I was like, well, start digging, girl. <laughs> Start looking. And so she's like, you know, she gets into the garbage can right there. She can't find it. And, and all of a sudden, I'm just thinking back to her parents. Like, okay, take care of my daughter. Take care of my daughter. I'm like, crud, you know. She lose her retainer. And so, you know, we go over to the cooks. And I'm like, okay, we lost a retainer. It was wadded up in a napkin. Um, it looks like all the garbage cans are emptied. Where, where did you guys put the garbage? And they take us out back, and there's six dumpsters there. They're like, it's probably one of those. God help me, Okay. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I, 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 got, I got to handle this, right? And so I just pray. I, honestly, God, I pray. I said, God, I said, I do not want to dig through all six of these. And so I was just like, and I'm not going to make a 14-year-old jump in there. And then, yeah, Pastor Ben made me dig through a dumpster. And, I mean, my job would have been short-lived. I probably wouldn't even be a pastor today, you know? And so, so I do it, man. I jump in in the first dumpster, the third bag we pulled out. We rip it open, and there's this wadded-up napkin amongst all these runny eggs and peanut butter and jelly. And We get it, and we open it up, and there is her retainer. Come on, somebody. I believe at that moment all heaven was rejoicing. Come on, somebody. And so, I, I, I mean, this was a long time ago. I still tell that story today. But not too long ago, I, I remember uh, my mom, she was, actually hadn't moved here yet. And uh, she was down here visiting uh, with us. And she was going to be here for an extended time. And, and my daughters wanted to take her to their favorite beach. No Wave Beach is what they call it. It's actually Mission Bay, okay? I don't like Mission Bay because it stinks and it's just stale. And it's gross. my kids love it because there's no waves. And so they wanted to take Grandma to No Wave Beach. And so we took her to No Wave Beach. And, and uh, they talked Grandma into swimming out in this nasty water over to this little island where they had been playing and making sandcastles. And so um, they gave her a little paddleboard. And so my mom kicked out there on this paddleboard and uh, got over there, played with them for like an hour, and then came back. We cleaned up. We're driving home. We pull up uh, to our condo. And as we're pulling up, all of a sudden she looks down. She goes, oh, no. I'm like, what? She's like, I lost my wedding ring. And uh, my mom and dad have been married for 50, 50 years and 51 years. And, uh, and uh, my dad had just passed away not that long before this. And so this was a real traumatic moment. And uh, I'm also, I felt like a pinch on my arm. And I'm like, how? I look over at my wife. My wife's like, you better go find that ring. <laughs> I still have bruises. I can prove it. <laughs> She's strong. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, of course. You know, if not for my mom, you know, at least you stopped pinching me, you know. And so, um, so I drop them off, and I'm like, I'm going back, and I'm finding it. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I'm never going to find this thing. Never. It's not going to happen. I mean, it's in Mission Bay somewhere, okay? It's not going to happen. And so I retrace my mom's steps. I swim out to where they've been making sandcastles. I dig through the sand. I even brought my little girl's sifting sand toy, and I was, like, panning for a, a ring. True story. I, mean, I probably looked like the biggest idiot on the island. You know, all the parents are like, kids, stay away from the freak out there. Just... You know, but I'm out there, I'm panning for, you know, I'm sifting through the sand looking for this ring. And I'm like, oh, just like that too. Oh, I'm out there for, I don't know how long and I, I can't find it. And, uh, and I come back and my mom's in tears. It's a devastating moment. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we just lost my dad. This is, this is a, this is a bad situation. We went and did something that night, come home. And I, I look at my wife and, and actually she looked at me. She said, you're going again in the morning. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> 
And so I thought, you know what, if I'm, I'm really going to look, I'm going to need a set of goggles, although I don't own any goggles. And so first thing in the morning, 6 o'clock in the morning, I go and I dig through my kids' toys and I find their little miniature goggles. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Figure they're better than nothing. So I grab those goggles and my Speedos, just kidding, I was wearing board shorts. But I, I head back to Mission Bay. And I go back to Mission Bay, and man, it's like 6.30 in the morning. It is cold outside, and I just, I, I finally just crank these little goggles on. I get them on, and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go looking. I get out there, and I get in the water. The water's freezing, and I said, I can't do this. And so I stopped. I was probably out there about three, four minutes, and I stopped, and I said, God, I am never going to find this ring unless you help me. And so, God, I need you to tell me where it's at. And I'm like halfway, there's the island, there's the shore, and, and I'm standing, you know, about waist deep, and also the Holy Spirit speaks to me. He says, I want you to turn left, and so I turned left, and so I want you to walk three steps, and I want you to bend down the water. So I walk three steps. First, I look to make sure nobody's watching the freak out in the water. And so I walk three steps, and then I bend down in the water, and there is the ring right there sitting in the bay. True story. I'm, I popped up out of the water like I'd won the Super Bowl. I was like, yeah! Woo! People jogging by like, oh, you know? I probably looked like an idiot, little goggles on, but I didn't care, man. Come on, somebody. I had found the ring, somebody. I had found that thing. I, I had pursued it. I had looked for it, and I found it. Here's something you need to understand. All, all those stories are great, but as great as they are, they don't compare to the way God pursues us. Because here's the thing you've got to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is that that was a ring. It was a ring that had been purchased. Yes, it was a ring that had been given. But listen to me now. The reason that God pursues humanity the way he pursues humanity is because he created you. He fashioned you in his likeness and in his image, and then you were lost. Listen to me. We're not talking about a ring. We're not talking about a set of keys. We are talking about the heart of God. We are talking about the Bible says there is a treasure hidden in earthen vessels and because of that for God so loved the world that he gave his one he invested his own life he invested his son to pursue you and I because you were lost to really understand the love of God to really understand the covenantal love that he has for us you've got to go back to to a book called Hosea and you've got to read Hosea chapter 2. And if you would read Hosea chapter 2, you would understand that God's people, that they had walked away from God. This is God's people. This is the people that God has established His covenantal relation. This is the people that God has poured out everything into. They had seen miracles. They had seen signs and wonders. They had things good. God was taking care of them. But they decided to walk away. And they walked away from him. In Hosea, it actually paints the picture, and, and, and the Bible actually calls the people of God a whore. Wow, that's some strong language you're using in church. It says you're like a prostitute. We were, we were married. We're in a relationship together. And then you left me for somebody else. The beginning of Hosea chapter 2, it paints the picture that God then rejects them and walks away from them and steps back and judges them for their sin. But you get about halfway through Hosea chapter 2 and everything begins to turn. And it says, but in that day when you feel rejected, in that day that you feel alone, in that day that, man, you feel like you've lost all at that moment, I will pursue you. 
I will come after you because I love you. Because you were lost, but now you're found. Such a powerful picture. God's covenantal love is the reason why I'm saved today. God's covenantal love is the reason you're saved today. Listen to me. I didn't wake up one morning at the age of six and think to myself, you know what? Life sucks. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really enjoying life. My brothers are kind of mean to me. I need to make a change in my life. I think I'm going to get saved today. And that never happened. He pursued me. Listen, you didn't wake up one day and think, you know what? I'm just really tired of the drugs. I'm tired of the alcohol. I'm tired of living life this way. You know what? I think today's the day that I'm going to go find Jesus. I thought, yeah, you know what that sounds like? I'm just going to go find him because he's the one that's probably lost. That never happened. No, the reason you are saved today is because God pursued you. Because God came after you. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you would, and it was at that moment, you might have woke up in the morning thinking, man, something's different. That's because he was standing at your door knocking. And it might have been at the age of six like me. It might have been at the age of 16. It might have been at the age of 30. But the reason you felt something happening in your life, the reason you felt like, wow, a change needs to take place today is because he came after you. Not because all of a sudden you decided today's a good day to be saved. No, he decides, and he pursues. He came to seek and save the lost. God has always been the one that pursues. From the very beginning of time, Genesis, what does it say? That that God came down, and he was like, Adam, where are you? Remember we read it last week. He was hiding, why? Because of sin. But who came after who? God came down to pursue him. Think about Enoch. You know the story of Enoch? He lived righteously on the earth, and all of a sudden God says, I want you. He didn't even die. This says that, you know, Enoch walked with God on the earth and boom, no longer. He went to heaven. Didn't even experience death. That was God. God came and pursued him, took him. Think about Abraham. There's another fantastic story. God came to Abraham and promised Abraham, hey, Abraham, look at the stars. Yeah, that's, that's what your descendants are going to be like. Really? Yeah, God came after him. Think about Jacob, and, 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 you know, in Genesis, and he, and he wrestled with God. You remember that story? Y'all need to read the Bible. It's really good. Man, UFC right there in Genesis. I mean, you talk about this would be like the ultimate fighting right here. I mean, he's wrestling with the angel of the Lord. I mean, he gets touched in the hip. And it's, like, ah! it's a great story. So good. And then he's got to look like this. I mean, he got, he should have tapped out. Okay. God pursued him. Think about, think about the story of Moses. That is such a fantastic story. Moses is running for his life. He goes and flees to the wilderness, ends up being a sheep herder for his father-in-law. It's a bad day. And the Bible says he's on the backside of the desert, and God shows up in a bush on fire. That is a pretty cool story. God pursued him. That is fantastic. God is the one that pursues Throughout history, he's the one that comes after. Covenant is God's relentless pursuit of humanity. From the Adamic covenant to the Noahic covenant to the Mosaic covenant, 
to the Palestinian covenant, to the Davidic covenant, to the new covenant, to the everlasting covenant. Why are there so many covenants? Because that's how many times the people of God broke his heart. And then he came back and pursued them. Covenant is God's relentless pursuit of humanity. For God so loved the world. Think about that. For who? The world. Luke 19.10. Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. He comes after us. He pursues us. That's covenant. That's the kind of love. See, see, to really understand the love of God, you've got to begin to think through covenantal terms. God put himself out there. I want a relationship with you. Here's how it's going to look. Here's how it's going to work. Listen to me. We talked about last week. You can either accept it, reject it, but you can never change it. But what breaks his heart is when we accept it, and then later on down the road, we reject it. Think about, think about your wife today, husbands. Wives, think about your husband today. Some of you know the pain of divorce. Some of you fear the pain of divorce. Some of you can't comprehend the pain of that because we stood together at an altar and we said for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. Until death do us part. Think about that. Try to walk through your mind through, through God's eyes. And picture that person walking away from you. Would you pursue them? Would you go after them? They, they, they cheated on me. Not just once. Not just twice. Not three times. I mean, they, they, were, they were like a prostitute. Would you pursue them? But yet God, in his covenantal love, says, my promise is to you. And he comes after us time and time and time again. For God so loved the world. You know, here at Urban, we have, we have this existence statement. Urban exists to be an access point for people to discover Jesus Christ. Sure, it goes on and has some, some other points to it, but the premiere is we exist. Why do I set up on Friday night, every Friday night, except for this week, Thursday night? Yes, that was my plug. Come to set up, 6.30. We need your help. Why do I come? Because in my heart, every time I step onto this place and I begin to unload that trailer, I think, God, who's going who's gonna to find you this week? Or... Who are you going to find this week? God, who's going to be in that service? Who's going to be in that kid's room? Who's going to be in the uptown class? Who's going to be in the midtown class? Who's going to be in junior high and, and they're struggling with their identity and, and yet in that moment, that junior high leader is going to reveal to them the power of God and they discover their identity in Christ. Wow. Who's going to come and sit in these cushioned chairs? Praise Jesus. We are stepping into the greatest season of growth that this church has ever known. Two weeks ago, we had record attendance. This last month, we had record giving. Record giving. You guys have been so generous. 
Some of you stepping up saying, hey, I'm going to help us recover from this fire. What do we need to buy, Pastor? Others, God's been blessing you and your finances, and you're just reciprocating that and giving back, record giving. Like, I'm not just talking like, no, I'm talking we doubled record giving. Why, why? Go ahead, give yourselves a hand. We have our book release. You saw it, beautifully wrecked, seven lives altered by an unexpected collision. Those are real stories that took place right here. Powerful. I've read most of them already. Amazing. That book is going to be in our hands. Why? To help seek and save the lost. To be an access point for people to discover Jesus Christ. Just in a few short weeks, that's coming out. Two weeks from today, our three-year anniversary, where we're going to paint the vision for the next year and what God's going to do and how how God's going to continue to build. We said, Pastor, what's my part? Easy. This is your part. He found you. You know what he wants you to do? He wants to use you to help find other people that are lost. And if you understand the covenantal love going out, but, but man, you don't know the people I work with. You don't know what kind of people they are, the language. They, they would never belong in church. No, they belong here. Because Roddy, you never belonged in church. But he came and he knocked on the door. And because you opened... Yeah, come on in. He made his covenant relationship with you so that you can go now and make a covenant with other people by the power. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He's still, he's still knocking today. He's knocking right now. For some of you, it's a knock for the first time. This is just one more pound on the door. You, you showed up here today and let's check out this church. It's one more knock on the door. One more knock, one more knock, one more knock. For some of you, he's come after you a second time. You've walked away from his covenant of love. And he's here and he's, hey, remember me? Remember me? Remember me? For some of you, that knock is just a reminder today. Hey, what are you doing with my covenant of love? What are you doing with it? When's the last time you, you, you shared that love with somebody else? When's the last time you humbled yourself even when you didn't have to humble yourself? Philippians chapter two says that Jesus humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. He gave up, what, why did he do that? He was pursuing. When's the last time you pursued somebody else? Not for your benefit, not for your gain, but for his. When's the last time? When's the last time you stepped out and humbled yourself and asked for forgiveness even when it was the other person that needed to ask for forgiveness? Just to break. I didn't even do anything wrong, I know. But when you step into that situation, not even having done anything wrong, Jesus did nothing wrong, but he pursued us. You talk about displaying the love of God. Because in the back of that person's mind, they know you did nothing wrong. Which is kind of the jab. It's kind of fun. (laughs) Exodus 20, verses 4 and 5 say, I'm a jealous God. Wait, wait, God's jealous. Yeah. He's jealous for you. 
He's jealous for your attention. He's jealous for your affection. Just like a wife that has not been pursued by her husband. Just like a husband who has not felt that reciprocated by his wife. There's that God is a jealous God. He created you. He revealed his covenant to you. We broke it. He pursued us. He reestablished it. God is the one that pursues, and God is pursuing you today. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is amazing. 